I wanted to build my own version of Morning Brew. He's like, I'd actually rather buy you guys. I was like, absolutely not. We're going to build the biggest media company. We're going to be bigger than you. This is nonsense. But eventually we warmed up to the idea. We saw what had happened with Vox, Spice, BuzzFeed. I think YouTube's going to be the for sure winner, especially with the global political problems surrounding TikTok. TikTok gets banned for US users and then audience just shifts to shorts and reels. Michael, what is up, dude? Stoked to have you here. And let's just, to kick it off, let's dive right in. What is our future? And then that's going to dovetail into my next question. Our future is the number one source of business content for the Gen Z audience. And we did that by creating a multimedia brand on social media dedicated to delivering short form videos to our audience. So whatever billionaires are up to, crazy marketing stories, the rise of the most iconic companies, the demise of iconic companies, what the heck is chat GPT, all those questions and topics we cover through 30 seconds to 60 second videos that are hyper engaging and really retain the attention of a younger viewer that isn't really listening to long-form podcasts, that isn't really reading the Wall Street Journal, we target them with this information on social and package it up for them really digestibly. And you've been growing this company for a few years, was it? Yeah, it's been like two and a half years or so cool. from so, inception to now. So two and a half years, I was listening to some other interviews you did and you were talking about growing our future, bootstrapping our future, like building a team, processes. You mentioned you had built like a supply chain with Within the company, right? Mm. Where like it was a systematic approach to writing the scripts, recording the content, editing content, posting the content, getting sponsors, the whole nine yards. And you sounded like you had like a path in mind that you were set on. And then I hear that the company is being bought or acquired by Morning Brew. How did you go from here's the path we're going down to merging or being acquired by Morning Brew? Yeah. So I had a connection to the Morning Brew founders because I was a student at Michigan. So I was always super inspired by what they built. In many ways, I wanted to build my own version of Morning Brew. And I know that the newsletter space was too saturated. It had been done before. And I knew that social media and TikTok was the next big opportunity to build a media brand focused on business for young people. So really inspired by them, had interviewed Alex on my podcast in the early days. And then we're like, okay, we're bringing in so many views. Like this content that we're creating is just so successful right now, like hundreds of millions of views, so much attention on it. Let's raise money and scale across all the categories. Let's Rupert Murdoch this thing. Let's have have 10 our future anchors on TikTok talking about politics, news, sports, everything, and build the next big media conglomerate. And I'm like, hey, Austin, I'd like Morning Brew to lead our investment round. And he's like, I'd actually rather buy you guys. So I was like, absolutely fucking not. Like we're going to build the biggest media company. We're going to be bigger than you. This is nonsense. But eventually we warmed up to the idea because we saw what had happened with the other big medias. We look at Box, we look at Vice, we look at BuzzFeed. Their stock prices or the valuations at which they're raising money at are significantly discounted from what they were in the beginning. And that's because these advertising-based business models for media companies just don't stand the test of time. And they're not as durable as say a software business or a subscription business. The next thing is these companies are just a layer on top of another other technology, right? Which is the distribution channels. And that's TikTok, that's social media, you know, that might be uh, SEO, like Google, right? They're built on top. So really they're just a thin layer on top of a much meatier business model. And that's what we were as well, right? So we didn't own our audience. We were this kind of layer on top of short form algorithms. And we look at Morning Brew and they were able to own their audience through newsletter. It's this really incredible concept where finally a media company could be acquirable again. It could be valuable and could raise and be successful through the newsletter model because you own your distribution. They have four and a half million people who read that daily newsletter and it's such a loyal audience that combined with our futures, just massive reach on social brought together makes for an incredible pairing. And it really helped us de-risk this business because I believe that if we were to have raised money, we would have ended up in a similar situation to some of these other big media companies.
So I'm, I'm really grateful that we were able to, to do this deal. And it's just really exciting to see where we go from here. That's fascinating. And without giving out amounts or details on the deal, how do you value a business that produces short form content? Where do you even start? Because it doesn't have a lot of the traditional metrics and points of valuation that a normal company might go through. Right. Well, it's not like a subscription business where you have LTV, for example, right? I mean, the, the way you value the business is based off of revenue, right? So media companies usually trade at a 1x max multiple. They're not like software, which trades 5 to 10x. So you just look at the revenue that the business is generating. And for us, our business model was advertising. So we work with like blue chip companies, Shopify, Warby Parker, HubSpot, a bunch of big names. But then the real cash cow for us, about 70% of our business was our consulting business. And that's what brought us that software company-esque MRR because we were helping big companies with deep pockets deploy their advertising spend into original content that was then benefiting their brand and allowing them to penetrate these exciting new channels like TikTok. So we built this strong agency business and that combined with the advertising revenue was what our business was before we were acquired. And that's what it continues to be. So at Morning Brew, we continue to run our agency. We're still courting big brands to help them get onto social media, run TikTok pages, create original content, bring down their CAC. And we do our original stuff through the, our future brand. It's still very valuable IP. So Morning Brew bought the IP. So that means we're going to launch a podcast soon. We're going to get into long form YouTube. We have nearly 500,000 subscribers on YouTube that are hungry for long form versions of our videos. And we're going to continue expanding the short form presence. That's awesome. I actually just interviewed a guy yesterday, a guy named Noah Morris runs a lot of faceless YouTube channels, where it's just a lot of B-roll, a lot of animations, a lot of that type of stuff. And some of those channels have massive audiences that generate yep. serious, serious cash just from an AdSense standpoint. Have you heard of Ryan Kaji? He's like 12 years old, runs one of the biggest YouTube channels reviewing toys, does like 18 million a year. No, I don't, I don't want to know about him because I'm going to just be fucking depressed at, yeah. at my life because this 12 year old <laughs> is crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> Like he literally probably has a Ferrari at age 12. No, this guy reviews toys, but now his parents and him are expanding the business empire to now there are animated characters. There are animated characters that these YouTube channels are deploying. And the thing about these animated characters, they don't get tired. They don't get sick. That IP can be used and leveraged for every drop it's worth. It's so much more efficient than a human content creator or media personality. And I think it's fascinating. Is that similar to what Gary Vee is doing with like VFriends? Like that yeah, type definitely. of stuff? Because those are animated characters that have so much, like they're bringing loyalty out of fans. People love and admire these, these characters like SpongeBob or Mickey Mouse. Those characters are invaluable and they can be infinitely replicated. That's the future of content in many ways is building faceless or AI generated characters. And it's a really interesting strategy that a lot of these YouTube creators are, are doing to scale themselves because media doesn't scale very well. If I want to replicate me, Michael Sakan, I got to find another guy who's good on camera and I got to bring an editing team behind him and the costs are high. He needs money, right? You can only record a certain amount of videos. He gets tired. He gets burned out, right? So it's a really interesting model for the future of media. Yeah. And as I was talking with him, it's very scalable because you don't have those bottlenecks that you talked about because as long as you have, you can get a couple voiceover actors actors that do the narration of the content and mm -hmm. like essentially if you have three right they could be working on a bunch of different projects at each time and just be pumping out content and not have pumping. the constraint of a, a face of the brand, which is the constraint of a lot of creators. So yeah, it's fascinating stuff. And you said like the agency did and continues to do even after the Morning Brew acquisition, consult with companies on basically getting on platforms like TikTok, Instagram Reels, that type of stuff, doing short form content. What are some like crazy examples you can share of like companies that you wouldn't think would do short form content, but are doing it and maybe having some nice results with it. 
Yeah. So I have a funny Twitter spiel where I'm like, I just pitched X company on a TikTok strategy. Wake up. It's 2023. So I made one joke. I was like, I just pitched an industrial processing sewage consulting firm on a TikTok strategy. But I was being serious about the airport security one that I talked about. So there's a fucking airport security scanner business that came to us looking to build media because they're trying to raise a bunch of money. Now, here's what's fascinating. Have you ever been in an airport and you have to pick what line you're going in? Have you ever seen the Smith's detection, a scanner for your bags? The, yeah. the logo's on there, Smith's detection. See, it's an advanced scanner that doesn't mean you have to bring the laptop out of your bag. So I pick it every time. Now, for me, that was an example to him of why branding matters, even in a business like airport security. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. the technology that you see around you is still branded. Like these airport scanners, you see yeah. Siemens or whatever, right? You still see the logo. So my idea for him is like, let's build you a media brand, like covering the craziest airport security stories, right? Like what kind of guns have been recovered? And then using your brand name to cement those stories. Like I just, that was just a wacky, fascinating idea. I'm not sure if we'll close that client, but it just shows the future of this medium and how every company needs to become a, a media brand. And that's what we're excited about enabling companies to become. When it comes to just short form content in general, what platform are you most bullish on over the next, let's say three years? I'm definitely most bullish on YouTube because the ability for creators to build a shorts audience and then turn that into long form content, whether you're distributing a video podcast or just video long form content, it's the only channel where you can do both. Shorts has always been our golden goose. We were early to shorts. It's where we get the majority of our views from. And we're really excited to, to leverage it into to more long form content and bring that loyalty for our brand into the longer form stuff. So I think YouTube's going to be the for sure winner, especially with the geopolitical, the global political problems surrounding TikTok. When you talk about things, right, we were just talking about these like funny ass tweets that you were making. You're like, I pitched them on a TikTok strategy. Like, how come you don't say I pitched them on a shorts strategy? Is TikTok not going to be the verb soon? And it's going to be like, I, I pitched them on a short strategy. Yeah. I mean, it definitely could become the verb. It's like you take an Uber, right? Even if you're taking a Lyft, you're using a Kleenex, even if you use a tissue, that's just what TikTok is right now. It's synonymous with the category. And when people think of short form, they think of TikTok. So that's why I, I say that term. But yeah, if these things happen to TikTok, it could totally be, you know, I just pitched them on a real strategy. I just pitched them on a short strategy. How likely do you think it is that some that happens to TikTok? Probably 90%. If you had to drop a prediction right now, what is the thing that happens? TikTok gets banned for US users and then audience just shifts to shorts and reels. And you think there's a 90% likelihood that this happens? I'm very confident. It's one of my predictions that TikTok gets banned this year for my for end years predictions. I already hit a few. I had the FTC sues Google as a monopoly, which I got, and then I got Tom Brady retires. Interesting. Hey, I guess I'm betting on you then, right? <laughs> you got to, man. As an entrepreneur, you got to make people bet on you. I mean, it's already banned in India. Is there any other countries? I think maybe Russia or Belarus. Not sure. Yeah. Banned in India. So a ton of our audience uh, on YouTube is Indian. I'm having to myself. We love the hustle culture, right? We love the, the entrepreneurial stories and shit. So we, we have a huge audience out there. Yeah, that's wild. And so that just means if that happens, so much less inventory from an intention standpoint, right? So you're going to have so much more watch time that comes to YouTube and Instagram. And I, I've seen some graphs recently. The younger demo is definitely on YouTube more than they are on Instagram. Instagram. So a lot of that would seem like it would naturally come over to from TikTok to YouTube. Do you agree? Yeah, I think a lot of the traffic will go to YouTube Shorts. I think a lot of it will go to Reels as well. I think YouTube Shorts is a superior product than Reels, but I think those two things fulfill like the short form desire, right? Like when TikTok gets banned, nobody's just going to stop consuming short form. They're going to shift their attention to a new platform. I don't know what's going to happen. It could become more competitive, right? We see a surge in content come to YouTube, surge in audience, everything gets divvied up more. But as long as you're still posting to all three platforms, you're going to be fine as a short form.
form creator, short form business that's posting content, be diversified as possible. When it comes to monetizing short form, so you talked about sponsorships or advertising as being one of the paths that you guys had with Our Future. Is there any other paths that brands can take uh, from a monetization standpoint with short form? Like if, if they're creating, are you trying to just generate views? Or are you trying to funnel people back to a product or service? How do you guys think about positioning that to generate a return for the brand? Right. So creating a return for the brand is like creating awareness, right? It can con drive conversions and it does, but it doesn't convert like paid advertising. But the benefits to your brand and like just being out there and having people know the name will result in those other acquisition channels companies are running to be more effective, right? So it's going to feed the, uh, the rest of the machine through brand awareness being the main thing. Short form content is really, really, really good for brand awareness. It's not as good for conversions. What we're going to see more companies do is instead of working with influencers and media companies on short form, they're going to develop their own short form presence. And that reduces the cost because you're paying crazy amounts of money to be essentially rent attention from other people when really you can be building it for yourself. And I think that's what the big opportunity is for, for deep pocketed companies or any company for that matter, is they can own the distribution and then they're getting the equity. They're getting all the brand equity. They're getting the awareness for their own brand, their own page, their own followers, their own fans. And that's going to convert to, to, you know, their products and services. Now, if we use the example of the airport security scanner company, like how does a brand integrate, right? Because the, the value is like the brand reputation, right? S seeing it over and over. Like what are like some smart or clever ways you've seen like integrate the brand into the content? Because I think for a lot of people, they, they may think that's tricky. So like how would this airport it security company like integrate? Like how would you know it's like Smith Security or whatever the hell you said it was called? Right. That is the brand. Right. So like for my idea for them is like this security company builds out a media brand where you have a creator talking about the craziest things that have ever happened in an airport. That's viral content right there. Like that's going from security company to entertainment company. And then people start seeing the logo, they start seeing the brand and they become to maybe use more of that product to the airport in this example, or they just aware of it, right? So I think for that company, it's like, okay, people realize that this is the brand or at the end of each video, it's like, oh, check out our scanners, like use the scanner. We just launched an X airport, whatever. And that generates kind of like goodwill and buy-in for them. Like those people aren't their customers. Like, customers like airports and the government, like the TSA, but having brand love and loyalty is still really important to increase the power of that company and increase the willingness to pay of the, their actual customers. Interesting. Are there any, like if someone wanted to go and like study some companies that are doing this well, are there any that you think are crushing it on short form? Any big brands? I think obviously HubSpot, like I'm biased, like we're kind of their short form video provider. So they did so well with newsletter and they were so quick to jump on short form with their podcast content and the Hustle Daily Show and even the Hustle YouTube channel. So they're obviously like a big winner and like a great kind of case study for how non-media companies can leverage this and build a big brand. Another good one is like Duolingo, right? Like Duolingo has one of the biggest brand TikTok pages. And they just like, their shit is literally like some guy and like some girl in like a little bird costume doing like dumb shit. And like people love that. Like they love it, right? And that's not even like learning a language. That's just this bird walking around their office. It's like, what the hell? Like there's some sh funny shtick that every brand can just replicate over and over to build loyalty. And that is efficient as well. Like you find one thing that works, like that's how you do content. You find a format that works and then you milk it for all it's worth. And then maybe you add in a few other formats once you have that base layer, that critical mass of audience. Yeah. I always tell people exactly that. Like if you're creating content, as soon as something works, just do more of that. Stop thinking about all the other angles. Just do that until it doesn't work anymore and then try something else. And you also made an interesting point there that I think I want to kind of drive home. And it's that if you're a company and you're doing, say you want to implement a short form content strategy or, or 
I guess really just any content strategy for that matter. It doesn't have to be a one-to-one back to what the company does. You just said Duolingo, they have one of the biggest channels. It's a lady walking around a bird. Yeah, their mascot is a bird, but they're not teaching people what the actual company does, which is teach people languages. So there doesn't have to be that one-to-one connection. You can find ways to like, how can you entertain and be focused on the entertainment aspect of it and not like our company does X. Would you agree? And with the that? awareness will come. Yes, the awareness will come, right? Your brand will benefit and people will go to your link in bio. What other predictions do you have about content in general? If you look back at the the last few years, newsletters really started to pop off more. Podcasts really started to pop off. Video podcasts are really popping off now. Uh, short form came in the past three years as a real kind of like contender. Is there anything new that you kind of see on the horizon or is it going to be just more of what we have now? Yeah. So I don't know what the next big media format is. I really don't. I think with media, like you're pretty limited, right? There's only a few channels, right? You have newsletter, you have written, you have video, you have audio, right? I don't quite know what that's going to be. I think it's still relatively early for short form. Like it's just like, it's taking all the attention, all the time in the market up. So until there's a new thing and every company should hop on what that new thing is. And I'd like to be early to to it as well. It's hard to know what it is, but I really do see like short form continuing to be like that major content format. I think from the influencer marketing perspective, like my big prediction is that companies stop spending the crazy money they have been on influencer channels and start building their own channels. So stop renting attention, own your attention. And I think that's the big trend we're going to see going forward in the next few years. To hit on like a popular topic right now, chat GPT and stuff like that. Mm. As a creator, are you leveraging that in any way to be more efficient or produce content better? Yeah. So once I, I asked ChatGPT the other day, I was like, tell me an unknown story about Bernard Arnault. Cause I had a Twitter thread coming out on him and I just put it out a few days ago and it's at 60K views and did pretty well. But it was that, that he saved a man's life on an airplane using CPR. And like, I don't know where I would be able to find that. So it's like all my stories are hinged on like some crazy fact or nugget, right? So I go to ChatGPT and I'm like, tell me an unknown story about X billionaire or some crazy story about this guy. And it will find some really novel information that I'd have to spend hours researching from articles online to find that one good nugget. So I'm like, find that one good nugget for me. It'll find that good nugget and that'll make for the rest of the story. So you're probably going to start doing that with like every person that you're doing like a piece on. Right? Yeah, I should be. I definitely should be. What about VR, VR, any of that kind of stuff? Do you see that integrating in the content? Look, I think everyone's addicted to their phone and like this, this is the interface. Like the phone is the interface that people use. The big thing about VR is like, you're going to have to convince someone to buy a headset and use the headset, right? People are already using their phone for every part of their life. I don't see people trading their phone for their headset in the near future. I think that's a big barrier that Sock and Meta are going to have to get over is how do you convince someone to adopt a whole new kind of hardware? And that's the big bet that they're making. Because right now you can be entertained using the thing that you can talk to your friends on and call an Uber with and call people on the phone. And I think it's going to be hard to change a compute interface. It's going to be a big, big challenge to convert the consumer. And it's also yeah. expensive. It's a 400 to a thousand bucks for one of those good headsets. So it's, it's a big, a bit of a, a bold bet. I think Meta's VR ambitions, I think short-term fail, I think long-term. Not sure, but I think it's just, it's going to be a very hard challenge for them to convert consumers. When do you think they're going to stop calling these things? I'm holding up an iPhone phones because a phone is like the least feature that you use on it. Do you think we're going to have like a Apple or something like come out and like, it is no longer the iPhone. It is the blank. And then we just stop referring to them as phones. 
so they've hired 2000 people over the past few years to work on Apple Reality Pro, which is essentially their VR headset. That's going to be interesting, right? Like anything Apple does is going to be flawless in execution. So that, that's what I would look out for. But I think Reality Pro, it's like, this is your reality. Like your physical world isn't as much as a reality as your phone is now, right? So maybe it's, you know, more like Reality Pro, like something crazy. I don't know. I can't put my words to it. Well, well, Michael, dude, this has been fantastic to chat with you. One, congrats on the sale of the company. Appreciate you kind of walking us through what that looked like and how kind of how you got there and then kind of breaking down the value of short form content. If anyone either A, wants to connect with you more or B, learn more about how short form can help them grow, where can they do that at? Yeah, I mean, uh, Twitter probably at Michael Sakon. That'd probably be the best place to go. Cool. Yeah. Find Michael on Twitter, shoot him a DM and pay him lots of money to, to help you guys grow a TikTok following. Them voices are always open. <laughs> cool, dude. Thanks so much. All right. Cheers, Ryan.